Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 11. We'll just share a few moments before we go today. And, and I know that the, the, one of the biggest enemies of our lives is time. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the clock. Not, not, not allowing. Uh, I, I've literally been at the altar, you know, uh, crying out before God or to God that... Um, we don't, uh, and, that, and apologize to him that we don't allow the Spirit to do what he wants to do in his service at times. And how many want the Spirit of God to do what he wants to do in their services? That doesn't mean we have to have a three-hour service. It doesn't mean, you know, that um, it just simply means we allow God to move and have his way. Uh, and let's pray over the word. Father, we thank you for the word this morning. And we ask you, God, to bless it to our hearts. Open up the eyes of our understanding so we can see the things you see. And here are the things that you, we need to hear so we can do the things you've called us to do. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Hebrews 11. Now, I started a series. Turn to Hebrews 11. I started a series, of course, uh, two weeks ago. And uh, I got the title from, uh, of this series from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 13. And, and uh, it says, Paul says, I now, now abideth faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And everybody say amen to that. God's love has to be the motivation behind everything that we do as believers. Because if it's not, then what we accomplish, whether it's natural or supernatural, will hold no value in the eyes of God. So faith, hope, and love is the triple, it's the triple crown of Christianity. For you to run your race effectively and to finish it triumphantly, um, then all three of these uh, spiritual forces will, have, will be required of you on a daily basis. Two weeks ago, we began here in Hebrews 11. And here's a, the first three words is, now faith is. Say that, now faith is. Faith, now faith is. Faith isn't about the past. Faith isn't about the future. The spiritual force of faith is about today, right now. You trusting God with your life. Uh, now, I want to read this as the Greek would share it, the Greek terminology. It says, now faith, it means assurance, persuasion, moral conviction of the truthfulness of God. Is the substance, means the under support, the confidence of things hoped for, which is future. The evidence, or the Greek word means inward conviction of things not seen. And well, I mean, I want to take you later to, as we teach on the Amplified, but that's what faith is. Faith really is having the confidence that what God has said in his word, he's going to fulfill that in your life, uh, whether, whether it looks like it or not. You're trusting God. Say, I'm trusting God. That's what faith is. The New Living Translation says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I like the Message Bible. It says this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. What does that mean? That means when things are falling apart in your life and things are, are, are a mess in your life, you can hold on to the word of God that God's word is going to take you through it so that you have a testimony of God's faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now shout amen to that. Amen. Verse, two, verse 2 says, For it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. Or their lives, their, their lives of faith in God testified to the world around them that God was in the earth, God was present. Verse 3, by faith we understand. By faith we understand. By faith we understand. What does that mean? Well, first of all, you have to understand when it comes to the things of God, 
You, your sensual, your, your sense life, your, uh, the five physical senses cannot tap into where God is. God is a spirit being. We talked about this in our teachings on Wednesday nights on the three-dimensional aspect of man, spirit, soul, and body. God is a spirit being. So you, you, you can't tap into his presence except through faith, the force of faith. There's no other way to know God or the things of God but by faith. And apart from faith, we'll never tap into the supernatural works of God. Uh, so he says, by faith we understand. He didn't say by our intelligence. He didn't say by our work works. We understand, but by faith we understand. Why is that important? Because we weren't there to witness creation. We weren't there to witness every story that's in the Bible. We have to take every one of those stories by faith. When it comes to, we weren't there when God said, let there be light. We weren't there when, when Abel offered up a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. We weren't there when Noah constructed the ark for the saving of his household. We weren't there when Abraham uh, offered up his son in the altar as a sacrifice to God. Or when he left Ur to look for a city whose builder and maker is God. We weren't there when Moses led the children of Israel out of 430 years of Egyptian slavery. Neither were we there when, when, every, when Jesus um, manifested the power of the Spirit in bringing people life, delivering people from demons, healing people. We weren't there. So by faith, we understand. By faith, we understand it. By faith, we believe it. By faith, we embrace what God said in his word. This is important. This is important. Because if you try to live your Christian life without faith, you will never tap in to the unlimited resources that God has for you in his word. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. The evidence of things not seen. Now, once, well, first of all, God gave you a will to believe or not to believe. He gave you a will to exalt his word or to exalt your circumstances. You have a will. Remember the children of Israel got in trouble because they created a, a the 10 spies created a report of unbelief, and that report of unbelief, once embraced and taken as their own, kept them from all that God had for them in their lives. I want to believe that God has a better life for you, a better life, a richer life. He really does. He's got a, he's got a full life for you. You have to believe that. If, if you stop and think, well, you know, I'll never be anything because I don't have an education, you know. I don't have the right job, so I'll probably not get what, you know, I'd like to have in my life. That's all sensual. That's not going to help you at all. You have to go back and see what God's word says about you. Um, by faith, we understand. Uh, the Amplified says that the worlds during the sex of ages, successive ages were framed or fashioned to put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Ah, this is very interesting. What we see was not made out of things which are visible. Ah, that tells us that there is an unseen world, and there really is. It's interesting, Andy's been watching this series about UFOs. He kind of likes that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting. And, uh, come on. And, uh, but guess what? Uh, God, when he created the heavens and the earth, he created more than what we see here on this, on this planet. So it simply could be God revealing, you know, that there's a world out there that's a whole lot bigger than what we think. Listen, we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. It's got to be over something. It's got to be over something. So that's very interesting. By, the Living Bible, by faith, by believing God, we know that the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command and that they were all made from things that can't be seen. 
So that, what, that simply means everything in this natural world is a byproduct of spirit substance. It's a byproduct of what was already in the spirit. People always say, you know, are there trees in heaven? Are there animals in heaven? What's in heaven? Well, whatever, everything that we know as beauty on earth is in heaven because God's creativity came from what was around him. And he loved man so much that he wanted us to enjoy what he has. Heaven is not just a cloud you're floating on. Boy, that would be boring. Yeah, so we have to get beyond, you know, we have to get beyond human intellect and tap into what God says in his word. Everything we perceive with our senses was made from unseen spirit material. And Paul actually confirms this in, in Colossians. Look at here. For Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in the heaven and earth. Watch this. The things we can see and the things we can't see. The spirit world, oh, with its kings and kingdoms, its rulers and authorities, all were made by Christ for his own use and glory. Ha! Huh. So now we know that everything we see with our eyes and everything that we can't see with our eyes, God's spoken into existence with the spiritual force of faith. When he said, light be, praise God, he was just declaring what he willed. I mean, uh, what God wanted, he birthed at first within his own heart, and then he spoke it with his mouth. Isaiah 55, it's a great scripture. I don't know if you have it up there, but it's a, Isaiah 55 says this, uh, as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, and waters the earth so that it can bud and bring forth. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or without results, but it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That's beautiful. That's a great promise. Can I have an amen? His word cannot fail. This is what he used to create. The God kind of faith accepts uh, as fact the things we can't perceive with our senses. What simply means what? If God said it, that settles it. And if you'll embrace it, it'll come to pass in your life. God is not, listen, God is not um, uh, limited by our circumstances. He's not limited by what we're dealing with in the natural. The only time he's limited is when we begin to doubt his word. Can I have an amen to that? Thank you, Lord. Turn to 2 Kings. We'll just read one story here. Today and then we'll close. Second Kings, we're talking about the seen and the unseen worlds. This is so important for you as a believer. We, you and I have to get beyond this natural into the eternal. We have, to, we have to renew our thinking because all of us were trained from a young age to don't touch that, you know, don't look at that, don't listen to that. We're all trained uh, and developed our senses to be controlled, which is okay, we need our senses. But when it comes to our faith in God, it, we have to go to the sixth sense called faith. To tr with trusting God, we have to have a sixth sense, which we do. It's called faith. Now, in 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, there's a neat story there, and I'll turn there. 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. Say praise the Lord. Verse 8. Then the king of Syria, excuse me, uh, warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware. Now this is the prophet. The prophet came to the king of Israel. The prophet came to the king of Israel, and he said this. 
Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. Uh, he said, now the Syrians have come down. They're, they're going to attack you, so make sure that you avoid that place. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved him there, not once nor twice, but even more. Meaning every time the king of Syria had a military strategy, the prophet would pick it up in prayer and give it to the king of Israel. How many think that's a cool, cool idea? Amen. So they weren't trapped. They would not be trapped and attacked and defeated. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was, uh, was sore troubled, the Bible says, for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of, Israel, which of us uh, is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, Oh, none, Lord, O king. But Elijah, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel of the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. So he said, It's none of us, but this prophet Elisha, that is your problem. He's literally telling the, the king of Israel your military secrets, even, even in your bedchamber. And let's read, I want to read the Message Bible. Where the king said, Well, go find out where he is. I'll send someone and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. The, uh, then he dispatched horses and chariots, and I like this part, an impressive fighting force for one guy. <laughs> so they came by night. That's when the devil tries to attack your life. It's at nighttime, when things are dark, when things are really hard in your life. They came at night, the Bible says, and surrounded the city. Well, early in the morning, a servant of the, mind, uh, the holy man of God got up and went out. Surprise, horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man explained, oh, master, what shall we do? He said, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. Then Elisha prayed, oh, God, open his eyes and let him see. So the eyes or the spiritual eyes of the young man were opened and he saw. A wonder, the whole mountainside was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Hallelujah. You talk about exciting. You talk about I mean, uh, uh, one second, you're filled with hopelessness. You're filled with despair. You're filled with fear because you're about to die. And then the prophet, uh, this is a beautiful story. The prophet prayed. Now, listen, when I think about this story, I, I think about a couple of things. Number one, is it possible? Just is it possible? Just interject this in your mind. Is it possible that Elisha laid down that night to go to sleep, but perceived in his spirit that trouble was a close hand? So he prayed and said, God, I command the angels to be dispatched around us to keep us safe tonight. And he gets up the morning and, and uh, who knows, maybe Elijah didn't even need to see anything, but he was, because he was convinced that his prayers were heard from God. And so he was just simply resting in God, knowing that his prayers would prevail and that they would be taken care of. Is that awesome? So that's possible. It doesn't say that, but it's possible. Say it's possible. And it doesn't hurt to interject that at all because that's very possible. Because the prophet of God listened to the spirit of God. And, if he, and because he walked in the spirit, it's very possible that he perceived inside that things weren't right. How many have ever had that inside you felt something, something's wrong? Raise your hand. Something's wrong. Yeah, that's, that, that is the spirit of God uh, warning you. He's trying to get your attention. But even if that's not the case, even if that's not the case, and Elisha, because he operated in the realm of the spirit, actually saw himself, because it doesn't say he did. He stepped into that sixth realm called faith. The operation of God manifested so he could see that they were surrounded, praise God, by safety 
Amen. I'm telling you, there's a lot going on today, and you need to understand that God has given you the angels to be commissioned around you to protect you on your way. Can I have an amen? It's true. It's true. So Elijah, really, I believe he didn't need to see a thing for his faith did the seeing for him. On the other hand, the Bible says that God opened the eyes of his servant because he cared for what his servant was dealing with himself personally. Amen. Hallelujah. Say there are more for us than there are against us. Hallelujah. The mountain side was full of horses, praise God. Which really, when, just think about this. They tapped into the realm of the unseen world and saw that the unseen world was just as real as the seen world. That's pretty powerful. Which actually encouraged me or gave me, inspired me regarding the definition God gave me. Why don't you put that up there? Again, write this down if you want, if you have time. Faith, this is what the Lord said to me a few years ago. He said, faith is a spiritual force inherent in God's word. Can't find it in the newspaper. It's inherent in God's word given to whosoever believes. Raise your hand if you say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm a believer. believer. Amen. Given to whosoever believes, for the purpose of taking you from the realm of limitations into the spirit realm of no limitations. <laughs> Isn't that good? The realm where all things are possible and nothing is impossible. Is that powerful or what? That's what faith is. Faith is a spiritual force. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why the word of God is so important in your life. Because when you meditate upon the word of God and you put it on the inside of you, when pressure comes, out will come Faith, out will come the word of God, not, not the circumstances that you're facing at the moment. And I know, you know, there's, a, I mean, every day we need faith. Every day we need to trust God. I, I know every one of you probably are sitting there today saying, I could use, I, I could use um, more help in my life. I could use more money in my life. You know, I could use, uh, I could use more direction in my life. Well, that's why God gave you his word. God gave you his word so that it would guide you, uh, in, 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 especially to the, in the narrow way that he's called you to walk in. Now, real quick, let me just share this. There are two kinds of faith. There's natural faith and there's supernatural faith. What is natural faith? Okay, here's a simple example of natural faith. Yeah, if you lived on the south end of town, you have to cross the uh, Sioux River to get to where you're going downtown. And here's natural faith. Well, first of all, when you get to that bridge that crosses the river, I, you probably don't stop and go into intercession and pray that that, that that bridge holds you until you get across the other side. You don't do that. Because natural faith, listen to this. I mean, natural faith is this. You, you simply go across the bridge, even though you don't even know the person that constructed it, designed it, built it. You don't know anybody involved in that. Yet, yet, your natural faith says that bridge is safe. Now, there was a story not too long ago, a few years ago, where a gentleman was pulling a horse trailer, and there, uh, a, a bridge literally went out on the interstate, and uh, uh, he, he was cruising, you know, and I believe, I'm going to believe that this, if people listen to the Spirit of God, he'll show you things to come. Amen. Amen. But he didn't, uh, obviously, because he drove right off that bridge and he drowned. But natural faith simply says, hey, I accept that. The bridge is okay. I'm going over it. 
Now, supernatural faith, of course, comes from the word of God, and uh, uh, the God kind of faith embraces the promises of God, being confident that God will honor his word no matter how impossible it is, no matter how long it takes. And you can use many examples in the Bible, and we're not going to use any of those today. Um, Like Abraham waited for a long time, Joseph waited for a long time, David waited for a long time for God's promises to manifest, but they never gave up on God. Say, I'm not going to give up on God. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. In Paul's letter to Timothy, I, 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 get so, I preached a message called one day called um, that the word of God is not bound. But Would you put that scripture up, uh, um, Crystal? Uh, such a beautiful scripture that Paul, here Paul, he's shackled in prison. Listen to this. He's shackled in prison for preaching the gospel. And here's what Paul says. Remember that Jesus Christ is of the seed of David. Remember Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Wherein I suffer trouble. As an evil, he wasn't an evildoer, but he suffered, he suffered because he preached the gospel and they commanded him not to preach the gospel. So wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You have to remember, every one of you, that have children, that they're observing your life. And if you live a life of faith, you trust God, They will live a life of faith and trust God. But if in your Christian journey you get overwhelmed by the things that are going on and you begin to to murmur and complain constantly and consistently and you doubt God's word, even if you come to church but you don't discipline yourself during the week, your children will pick that up and they'll run the same uh, the, the same wavering race that you're running. This is why these things are so important. This is why the Jews every year would rehearse. Every, they would rehearse constantly the miraculous work of God in their generation. So the children coming would know that God is faithful. That no matter how difficult life can be. Uh, Paul says, I may be in bonds, but the word of God is not bound. What does that mean? The word of God is still working. The word of God is still changing people's lives. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. David spent 13 years of his young adult life running for his life from Saul, King Saul, who was trying to do, destroy him. The moment he was anointed by the prophet, listen, say I'm anointed. The moment you say that, a target is put on your back by the devil because you are anointed. The moment the prophet anointed him, all hell came against his life. But because David had spent his life devoted to God, he believed God would always take care of him, even while he was being pursued by an entire army, even while he was standing face to face with the lion and the bear, even while he was looking in the eyes of a demon-possessed man, Goliath, he trusted God. He trusted God. He never wavered. And God delivered him out of every situation. Can I have an amen? Amen. So I want to read Psalms 23, and then we'll close. But I want to read it with you. I want you to read it with me. Because I think it's important that you confess what God says and promised in his word. It's on the screen for you. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. Now I want you to 
Please read it like you mean it. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. The New Living Translation says, he renews my strength. Let's go on. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Surely or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Is that awesome? Did that last part, I mean, it tells you, he says, the house, your house is where I'm going to spend most of my time. And I realize this. I'm here and you're there. Meaning, I am called to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to your heart. But listen, you're called to listen, to believe it, to receive it, and to walk it out in your life. And the best place you can be Every time the doors are open, it was right here at God's. I know there's things going on. So many things today. Uh, I mean, so many things. And, and there's not, that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you're going to fall into sin because you miss a service. But this should be your dwelling place. This should be the place where you are longing to come to every time the doors are open so that you can receive what God wants you to receive. I mean, I believe this is very important for your life. Thank you, Lord. How important is faith? Without faith, you can't please God. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, you're limited to this natural realm, unable to attain to the victories God has for you. Without faith, or tapping into the spirit realm. Uh, without faith, you can't tap into the spiritual realm where God's provision is stored up for you. John said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. I'm going to give you one promise as I close here today. This is a promise that I want you to hold on to with your life. I want you to listen to it. Philippians 4. Here's what Paul says. As a Paul, uh, Paul writing to the believers in Philippi. Here's what he says. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled down from Macedonia. No other church did this. I mean, just stop and think about this. Stop and think about the value of this man's life and ministry. He, Paul, was a Jew, was named as Saul, got gloriously converted, spent 14 years alone, 13 years alone, being educated by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and it wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament to provide us the information on how to live as believers. How important this man was, and yet only one church was supporting him. Amazing. But he goes on and says this. Now, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. Now, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. It's exactly what we want as pastors. 
We're not here trying to get something from you. We want to watch God work supernaturally in your life as a believer. To increase the quality of your life in every area. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent uh, me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, I say this to you, that you that bring your tithes and your offerings, this is what Paul says. Paul says, you're the only one that supported me. Now, listen, kids, listen. We don't send out letters to churches asking for help, right? So we, so we trust God that God will have the provision in his house, which he will. And what am I saying? That's why we believe God to bless you. We can't take, we cannot receive something from you that you don't have. I mean, it's impossible. Is that right? It's only when God increases you and that you trust him and you're, you're so grateful uh, that he does bless you that you bring him that tithe that belongs to him and then you bring him offerings that becomes the seed for your future harvest. So I'm going to pray that this morning. I'm going to pray that for every one of you. Now, if you haven't been tithing, repent before God. Just repent and get, get, the, get back in line with God's word. Say it's never too late. Amen. And he is very merciful and kind. And then, and, and, then, and then begin to obey him. First trust him for the seed and then obey him. Follow up with your obedience to him in faith. And God will honor your faith. But I'm going to pray that blessing over your life today. Because uh, uh, many, many, many of you in here bring your tithes and offerings. Because you do. You qualify for that prayer. That my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. Not some of your need. All of your need. More than your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God does not lack. And he doesn't want his family to lack either. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to pray together. Musicians. So many of you have been supporting this ministry for years. Listen. Listen now. And it's time for you to receive a, the blessing of it. That's what I'm going to pray over you this week. How many will expect a miraculous week of financial increase in your life this week? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray that over you. All right. Lift your hands to the Lord and close your eyes. I'm going to pray a blessing over you today. And I want you to receive it by faith. I want you to receive it by faith. Now, Father, I pray over each and every one of these precious members, even those that aren't here today, that have been tithing and bringing their offerings faithfully. Father, I'm tapping in to your promise, and I'm asking you, God, right now, to bless these precious people with supernatural financial breakthrough this week in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I'm asking you for the supernatural. I'm asking you, God, that they will be at the right place at the right time for the right blessing in Jesus' name. I declare job promotions. I declare increases in wages. I declare inheritances to come in. I declare money coming in from unexpected resources in Jesus' precious name. <coughs> And Father, come on, everybody lift your hands. And Father, we receive, we receive that. Say, I receive that by faith. Now give God praise for it. God, thank you, God, for blessing your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, amen. Hallelujah. Now, it is so important that you testify. So when, when that manifestation comes this week, my goodness, you let someone know about it, especially me. Hallelujah. You can 
Call me, you can email me, and just let us know so we can give God praise for answered prayer. Can I have an amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.